1: May or may not be a good sports grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever looked through a bag of grass clippings looking for a four-leaf clover, you may not be a good sports grid listener. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Ready to rock and roll, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Gentlemen on KSHP AM 1400 in Las Vegas. And our second hour on Sirius 204 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Had a lot of fun with Kenny White, the A lot of cool football chatter in the first hour. Adam Burke is going to join us, our good friend. We'll head to Cleveland and see what's shaking there. Get a little baseball update from Adam we'll take you up to Scott Farrell on the network, Four Eastern, One Pacific, Vegas Hockey Hotline. kshp.com there's a listen live function at One Pacific. I roped I got him out of sabbatical. Oh, did you? The most interesting man in hockey, Dennis Bernstein's going to join
3: us. He wasn't up at a cottage?
2: No, he's getting ready to yeah, the game of where's Waldo. He's going to be he's going east to see a I was a Dodgers, a Yankees game. Okay, maybe I don't know if the Dodgers are playing the Yankees, and you know, then the Rams. He has season tickets to the Rams, so he's ready to get another.
3: the. Well, maybe he'll catch a Rizzo homer. Rizzo three home runs in six games and an RBI in each of the six. He's the first Yankee to do that to have an RBI in the, in his first six games with the Yankees.
2: That's anytime you get a Yankee record that's
3: yeah. semi significant. That's, that's what he said. That's what Rizzo said. I can't believe I have a yeah. Yankee record
2: already. Yeah, that's craziness. All right. Um uh, so lunchtime, John Smith subs, ninety seven oh one West Flamingo. Six PM. You can get the sixteen subs for only five bucks, but the food's outstanding. Fantasy football players, what'd you say in the injury report? Kenny Galladay is hurt again. He's hurt again. The same injury, the hamstring. Yeah. You know, all right, fantasy football players. Buyer beware there, red flag. Do your fantasy football drafts at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur. Home of the $100,000 jackpot. The kitchen, it's open 24-7. The banquet room's great. Hey, it's
3: because I'm feeling frisky. Uh Uh-oh. Let me back up a little.
2: No, I mean, I'm I'm really, I'm doing Carl Wallenda in a 40-mile-an-hour wind here. (laughs) You know, put back the net, one (laughs) of those things. You know, the longer you're around, so I mean, I have turned into my wife, and she's kind of turned into me. It's
3: weird how... I That's mean, not good for either one of you.
2: No, I'm happy. I mean, no, I mean, uh, you know, I've learned learned a lot from her. But she's actually become funny. No, she really never was. I, I disagree with that. Well, you don't know, but you, you have no... You have no frame of reference.
3: No, I've known her for what four years now.
2: Yeah, well, she's funny now. I mean, I've been with her for forty years. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. She had me in tears last night, and I'm not going to do justice to it. She, but she said that we're watching the Olympics, and like she'll, she'll want jump, sit down, and start watching sports. But like, you know, when they uh, put a runner on second in baseball. So right. what's that baby baseball? Like oh. she'll take a, you know, take a take poke a at that. Okay. And she loves hockey overtime. So I'm doing the Olympics thing and I'm scrolling around and they got this new thing. It's called sport climbing.
3: Okay. I don't know anything. It's about rock climbing okay. basically.
2: And the, but there's one when they they race up and then there's when they're tethered and then there's, you know, the hand and when they're touching different sp- spots at all. I'm not going to do justice to it, but she was just hysterical. She was like, I'm going to bed. Will I get a medal for sleeping? (laughs) I mean, she was just, just, she had the machete out. (laughs) The the one guy flew up there. Look at him. He looks like Peter Pan. Oh, my God. She was just so funny watching this. She goes, "This this is a thing? She called. Her granddaughter was out. She called her on the phone. Hey, I found an Olympic sport for you. Oh <laughs> man, um, they are some really I just marathon say. swimming. Yeah. We talked about that yesterday. The sport climbing, the BMX bike thing. I guess you know it has its moments, but they, they've added a lot of new. The skateboarding. Sorry, that, that that's an old guy thing, right? Yeah. That's that is me. It's Does a, that do
3: anything for you? No, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, no, so some of these are really, really silly. You know what I'd like to see? That marathon swimming, but put fish in the water that <laughs> Dave Shane has caught. Oh, no, the Outer Banks fish. Yeah. And and then, you know, swim through that. Now that's an Olympic event.
2: The fish with human teeth. Yeah. That is still, that's nightmare stuff.
3: It, it, was, it was. It is. I, I will never, that, that, that picture and, and, and Dave Shane, the fish that he actually caught. But, but, with the that, Marty Feldman eyes, I can't get either one of those. Do out. you think
2: the Chamber of Commerce in the Outer Banks like sent out a statement? Do they saying they have a Chamber of Commerce? Well, they better get
3: one because who's going swimming in that beach? No, I no, I don't even want to fish there now. For crying out loud, I just get, I'm I'm going to go up to Panguitch Lake. You know, a couple of miles, uh, a couple of hours up the road, I can catch a nice trout up there. That's all I want to do. All right,
2: so we're off to the races here. Hour number two. Uh, Adam Burke's going to join us. The Hall of Fame game tonight, gonna watch, right? I mean, it's preseason. Yeah. The, the the funny thing is, you're gonna watch, and you
3: know, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I want to get a feel for some things again. It's just fun said- watching
2: them line up. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you start watching, and after a while, you go. This is atrocious. But the more atrocious, the better if you're betting under 31 and a half.
3: Well, and the, and the other thing, yes, and the other thing that you want to do, since you're going to wager on games in the regular season, you want to see how these backups play. And you want to see if McCarthy can run an offense now. All right,
2: we're stepping aside. Coming right back to Vegas. Keep it here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio
1: May or may not be a good Sports Grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever panicked at realizing you've lost your lucky troll doll, you may not be a good Sports Grid listener. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian listening, Stevie Slapshot. On the day that football
3: sort of returns. Correct. And, and it does. It returns. Well, you think these guys in town don't think this isn't a football game? They, they, they've unloaded their wallets already. It's
2: moving, yeah. So. Hey, there's big
3: soccer news. Yes, there is. Yeah, you, you, you've... Your reaction to this you, was nuts. Well, you think that the VGK have cap issues? Barcelona apparently over a billion dollars in debt. Therefore, Messi has been released essentially because they can't afford him. I don't. I don't have no idea where he's going, but uh, he no longer plays for Barcelona.
2: That's you think the NBA monopoly oh. money?
3: It's huge. Yeah. I, yeah. How do you? How? I mean, I can understand on the one hand how you can do it, you can mismanage, but mismanage a billion to the tune of a billion dollars? Here's Barcelona's statement.
2: Despite having reached an agreement with Messi, and with both parties clearly wanting to sign a new contract, it cannot be finalized due to financial and structural problems.
3: Yeah, I'll say that's a problem. (laughs) <laughs> well, who's backing? Who's backing the Brink's truck up? I'll say that's a I pro- I don't know. That's a good question. You know. You know what? He probably takes a a, a pay cut. To, to He'll go- be okay. No, no, I, I, no. That's fine. I I, I get that. And unless his fa- who who messed him was it his father? That got got him in trouble financially. Oh, I don't.
2: I don't For know. For some
3: reason, I think I think his father caused him some financial problems. Anyway, um.
2: But that's monstrous news in yeah. the soccer world. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, the U.S. women got the bronze.
3: Okay, congratulations. A medal's a medal. Yeah. Did Did you hear about uh, Kemba Walker? Apparently, Boston is going to buy out Kemba Walker's contract, and he's headed back home. He's going to play. He's going to sign for, with the Knicks, and, uh, and and play with Randall and company. I think, I think Kemba Walker will help them. I, I, he's I'm not, not g- going to put them over the top as far as winning a championship, but I think he helps them get to the playoffs and maybe win around.
2: By the way, speaking of monopoly money, mm-hmm. last year there was a 20% drop in revenue for the NFL because of the pandemic. Sure. Understandably right, right, so. Right, right, right. Which tells you something right there. Think about that. An entire season without fans. Mm hmm. And they only lost twenty percent. Revenue was down twenty percent. Think about that. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like, like the NHL and other sports, not even close. It tells you about the TV
3: deal. Yeah. Well, and and you know, the NFL still being the the, the king of the sports pool. That that, that also means a lot of memorabilia, not memorabilia, but shirts and hats and so forth are, are still being sold. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Merchandise, That's but.
2: Despite the revenue being down 20%, the average NFL franchise, the value went up 14%. The average worth of an NFL team is $3.48 billion. Cowboys, number one, $6.5 billion. Went up $800 million.
3: Do you know off the top of your head where any teams bought and sold to be to be part of that? Or is it just again they, they get a little devalued off of the pandemic year so now they're worth even more going forward is, is, is it is that what they're looking at there in the financials?
2: the, the breakdown of it why I don't know okay the, of course, the bills have the lowest value <laughs> but 2.27 billion. I mean it's not like
3: you know it's not a
2: ham sandwich.
3: So that tells me they're not looking going forward. Because you would think, you know, they're not moving. then. there's no, 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 no. I'm just saying, with, with Josh Allen and 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 you gotta have a good head coach. And that we're looking at winning games going forward for the Bills. Winning
2: is it's it, honestly it's tethered to the value here. The uh, well, the, sure. the the Bucks, Tampa Bay, had the biggest increase in their value. It went up twenty nine percent. Brady's there. They win the Super. How much? Think about it. probably how much money was spent on Super Bowl champions stuff.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, if you, as soon as he went there, there people in Tampa are buying Brady jerseys off the shelf.
2: They're 21st in the league, but they're up to 2.9. They're almost three billion, 2.94 billion.
3: Nice signing by the Bucks to bring that guy in. Yeah, how'd that work out? That worked out pretty well.
2: Do you th- let me ask you a question, though. Do okay. you think... Do you think they're overrated? And, and don't get me wrong. They won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? They went on a Tootsie Roll. They they were winning. They won games on the road. And yeah. then they got there. And I'm not saying... They beat the Chiefs fair and square, right? We said, okay, the Chiefs offensive line, mm-hmm. whatever. Brady knows what he's doing. I get it. But, I mean, now they're they're coming back. People like... They're they're right there to repeat. I I, I don't know. I'm not knocking them. Yeah, yeah. They're I they're exceptional, but
3: I I don't know. I just think they're I think they're overrated. I wouldn't say overrated. I I I think they're, they're they're right where they should be. again, Breeze is gone, right? You don't have that competition. Um I think in the NFC they're they're as good as any team that now Rogers is gonna play for the Green Bay Packers. I, yeah, you're right, because it's it's about getting there. Right.
2: And it's funny how stuff is cyclical. Right now, even though, you know, Tampa's big shots say to win it, okay, fine. Wouldn't you say the AFC is, by a healthy margin, the better conference? Yes, I would say that. Yes. Yep. Would you, at the top of the list, I mean, Kansas City, Buffalo, Mm-hmm. Cleveland's on the come.
3: Yes, the Chargers with Herbert. The, yeah, they're going to be better than but they were I mean, last year. I see, to me, Tennessee. Tennessee. See, good Indy.
2: Team. Indy would have been very much in that. Discussion. Indy should have beat Buffalo. Yes. in the platform And Indy, they, may, they yet in. may, Indy and, may yet well, be. Indy may yet be. Well, all
3: they got to do is get in. Well, uh, th- you know, th- th- just the, get, the harder get, part for them is getting in get a quarterback. Well what if Indy signs Foles, If they're able to get him from Chicago, do they not immediately become a playoff contender? Right? They're they're Oh, I mean they're a division winning contender. They're they're a contender. All right.
2: the, but, but, but see, the thing is I'm still not sold on Wentz. But you need an NFL quarterback Correct. and they don't have one right now. Correct. But the one that always flies under the radar is Tennessee.
3: Yes. With that running game. Mhm. Good coaching too, I like that coach, and 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 Tannehill is a is a good NFL quarterback.
2: Is that a, I mean is that a legit? Like no one would be shocked top five there in the AFC, in the NFC, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, I guess, and then who gets the hot hand? Yeah, you know, who who's the because you know every year a team doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere, but yeah they just the progression is
3: I think San Francisco expedited. I think San Francisco will be there. the The Washington football team with that good defense in that division, hopefully Dallas will be better this year than they were last year. Um, but yes, the AFC is the better conference. I don't I, it's not close in my opinion. Do you look at it that way when they play the interconference games? It, I know cuz it depends on the team. You you can't have a right. a no, bottom feeder. No, I get, it. In the I get AFC it. Against
2: Although if I'm not mistaken like I think the AFC East possibly like take care of biz across the conference. It happens every year. There's a division or two They just run the table in the uh, at a conference games.
3: Yeah. I I I think I think the most likely to do that would be the AFC West. All right. Adam Burke gonna join us when we come back.
2: Don't forget you're coming in from out of town? The super contest over at the Westgate. August 27th, we'll be doing the shows there.
1: Going out of my How to spot, a sports gaming
0: winner.
2: All right, we're back with you here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Network from the KSHP studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slabshot. And soon-to-be Las-Vegan, Adam Burke. Looking forward to seeing you, bud. It's coming. It's coming fast. Yeah, man,
1: it'll be good. Uh, Looking forward to dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's on that, making sure everything's squared away. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not going to miss winter out here, I'll tell you that.
2: Well, we wish you the best of luck, and you're going to be joining the folks. uh, Can we say? We can say, can't we?
1: No, I haven't said anything yet, so keep it under wraps. Oh,
2: keep it under wraps. But you're going to be here. Yeah. All right. Bring your golf clubs. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> All that matters, right, the beer's cold on the golf
1: course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, my, my scores are definitely not hot. So as long as the beer is cold, that's good.
2: How are you doing in terms of hot? Are you hot in baseball? What, what I've been noticing, and there's still... It's an odd dynamic. We're still getting the occasional football scores in baseball. But it does seem like a lot of the games now... Um, have been more to the under side of things. Am I? It's a perception thing. It's not across the board. But I would think there are more unders than overs now when that wasn't the case about two months ago.
1: Well, I think everything is kind of leveled off. You know, we talked about the foreign substance crackdown and, and kind of the adjustments that everybody was making and all that. And, you know, I think a lot of that has kind of settled in now. We've got, you know, pretty much two months' worth of data since that memo went out. But then also, I mean, we're we're talking to a degree here about like a college football level disparity of talent. I mean, all the playoff teams were all extreme buyers at the trade deadline. So that means you had a lot of sellers. You had a lot of teams that gave some things up. And right now, you know, you've had a pretty chalky major league baseball slate over the last month, month and a half. I know we had a couple days of underdogs here early in the week and maybe a little bit last week, but it's a lot of haves and a lot of have nots right now. And typically blowouts kind of lend themselves to unders. So, we should see probably a lot of that as we go forward here.
3: Adam, these, uh, these Cubs that have gone other places, Rizzo, three homers, six RBIs in his first six games with the Yankees. Uh, Javi Baez uh, sliding into home plate with ridiculously good uh, slides. And I think Bryant homered in his first at-bat for the Giants. My question for you is, why couldn't they get together with, with Chicago? I mean, th- these guys are ridiculously good with their new teams. Why didn't it work for, with, with them in Chicago?
1: Well, the Cubs were a very toxic situation. I mean, you know, they knew that this was coming. They knew that they were going to lose that core group that won them that 2016 World Series. I don't know if the players necessarily gravitated towards manager David Ross. I mean, he's not that far removed from his playing days. Maybe it was a little bit of a tough transition to listen to a guy like that. I just... I feel like there were a lot of things that were wrong with the Cubs organization. The owner crying poor in the offseason, saying he doesn't have any money. Nobody believed that. So I think that was a really big part of it, was that there were just a lot of disgruntled guys, a dark cloud hanging over that team most of the season. They kind of outperformed their talent level a little bit, I think, to be around 500, especially with their pitching staff. So they're not really that big of a surprise to me. I mean, I know guys get upset, and you know the business of baseball and this and that. But once you get out of a tough situation and go you know, into a playoff race, into a place where you're welcome with open arms, it's a little bit easier to perform, and I think that's what's happening with those Cubs players.
2: Again, I don't know if this is an anomaly, but if you look across baseball, I mean everybody, Adam, I mean virtually everybody is treading water at the moment in these current form cycles of 500 baseball. It just it looks odd.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, you got you got a few teams that are up there that won seven of their last 10, 13 of their last 20, something like that. I mean, look, it's, it's a tough game to win. You know, we're kind of in the dog days of the season a little bit where, you know, it's still very warm. Yeah, we had the all-star break and guys got a little bit of a blow. But also, too, I mean, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on a few of the previous segments, there are a lot of pitchers that are really ramping up their workloads here. You know, we've seen aces kind of struggle a little bit of late, like Kevin Gausman for the Giants. Yeah, we've seen some aces kind of have some good performances, some bad performances, middle-of-the-rotation guys, young pitchers that are all of a sudden jumping up with their workloads. Yeah, that's something that's going to take a toll in the rest of this season as we go forward, where well, I think a lot of pitchers will have a tough time being sharp as they try to pitch through a little bit of arm fatigue, a little bit of a dead arm period. And also, too, you know, they're going to try and steal rest for some guys. If you're already firmly in the playoff picture, maybe you get that extra day of rest, call up a spot starter, something like that. We'll see a lot of roster manipulation and maneuvering as we go forward here.
3: I understand a little bit, Adam, the, uh, the sell-off by the Nationals. I don't understand getting rid of Trey Turner, but I want to look at this from the Dodger side. Scherzer wins his uh, first start for the Dodgers. How much better are the Dodgers with Scherzer and, and Turner now?
1: Well, I mean, you know, when you think about Max Scherzer, he's effectively the replacement for Trevor Bauer because I really don't think the, the more we kind of hear about this case and the more about the investigation, I don't think Bauer comes back this year who knows about future seasons. So that's something where the Dodgers, you know, just added a guy in Scherzer, proven arm, proven workload, not an issue for him. They could probably scale back Julio Urias a little bit now if they want to, as they kind of look to protect his innings. some. It just gives them a lot more depth. And and the thing about trading Trey Turner is that Max Scherzer in and of himself wasn't really worth a whole lot as a rental piece, as a guy who, you know, had, I guess it's not really a rental piece, but as a guy who's got, all, you know, a pretty high-priced contract. Not that the Dodgers have a problem with that, but sometimes you've got to really add something. And Trey Turner was that something to get a really nice return back from the Dodgers. So I think the Nationals did okay in that deal, but you know, obviously they had much higher hopes for this season than trading guys like Scherzer and Turner.
2: Adam, you look at the wild card races and listen, the National League not so much, but the wild card race. In the American League, looks like this could be extremely interesting in the home stretch.
1: Yeah, I just want to clarify what I said. Sure, there is actually a rental, so my apologies for that. But when you look at this rental or this wildcard race, excuse me, you know, look, you've got the Yankees playing very well right now. Obviously, they were one of the most aggressive buyers out there in the marketplace, and it seems to have helped them. I mean, offense was their primary problem, particularly performance with men in scoring position. They've really picked that up here of late, and also Toronto's making a charge. You know, the Blue Jays have always, have always had the offense. They get a little bit of pitching help with Jose Barrios at the deadline. If they figure some things out with the bullpen, that's a team that can certainly make some noise. And I also feel too like, you know, Oakland is probably a little bit vulnerable. You know, they were one of the, the least aggressive teams at the trade deadline. Stelling Marte was a good add, but they're a team that you know it is good but not great. And I think teams like the Yankees and the Blue Jays have the potential to be great. So I'm not really surprised to see this wildcard race closing up a little bit. The one thing that's still surprising to me is that Seattle's managing to hang around in it.
3: That, I was just going to ask you about the Mariners. They, they, they got a, a couple of guys back off of the IL. They've been playing better here recently. What kind of shot do you give them to get involved in this wild card?
1: Well, I've lost a lot of money betting against them this season, so I'll start with saying that. I mean, look, this is a team that's 58-51, and 51, but they have a minus 49 run differential. They're overachieving by nine games in a few of the alternate standings metrics that I look at, Pythagorean win-loss and base runs. Those are two standings metrics that typically are suggestive of regression for a team. And for whatever reason, it's not happening with the Mariners. I mean, they keep winning one-run games, although they've lost three of them here over the last few days but they've done really well in these close toss-up kinds of games. They're a terrible offense, but they're good when it matters the most with men in scoring position. I don't think that they can stick around in this race, but I've also been saying that for six weeks and they're still in the race. So they may just be an anomaly. They may just be a team that kind of stands out for this season, but I don't think that they can really hang with, you know, teams like the Yankees, like the Blue Jays, uh, or run down the A's either. So, I don't think Seattle sticks around in it, but I've been saying that for a while, and here they still are.
2: Boston's getting torched again today. Detroit's up 7 nothing in the seventh inning over the Red Sox. What is going on with Boston
1: of late? Well, I think the Red Sox are playing over their heads a little bit to begin with. The offense is really good. The starting pitching, not so much. I'm not really super keen on the bullpen either this was a pitching staff that was overachieving, especially early on in the year. Once the the foreign substance crackdown kind of came together, they started allowing more home runs and I'm not being accusatory or anything like that. But as home runs went up around the league, the Red Sox had one of the biggest jumps in that department. So their pitching staff kind of started performing more towards the expectation that we had. I also think too, that now all of a sudden there's some pressure. It's not just Tampa Bay. They can see Toronto and New York coming in the rear view mirror. So, you know, this is a team that did play over its head a little bit, a team that's now being challenged a lot more than it previously was. And also too, while a lot of offenses around the league have gotten better since the early part of June, the Red Sox have pretty much stayed where they are and they've been a very good offense, but they haven't gotten markedly better since the foreign substance crackdown like other teams have. And I think maybe that's kind of hurting them a little bit. So, I don't know. I think it's just maybe they're kind of buckling under the pressure a little bit or just some natural regression that was pretty much coming to
3: them. How? How is uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How, how's Frank Conner real quick? You, you just, I know he, he took the rest of the year off. He's got some physical problems. Is he going to be okay? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay.
2: Dr. Burke, paging Dr. <laughs> Burke. <laughs> Adam Burke's digging with us. We'll talk a little football. Uh, When we come back. Hey, if you're coming in and you're on the Strip, when you visit Las Vegas, make sure you swing by and visit our buddy Tony Neville, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. Great place. Beautiful brand new book. uh, Great food. I'm telling you, college football, Saturdays down there with the ponies and college football. Going to be spectacular. Adam Burks with us. We're taking a timeout. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot coming back to Vegas. Series 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Scott Farrell, top of the hour.
0: is the
1: Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Back with you, Vegas Sports Book Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Hey, our friends downtown at the Golden Nugget. A, it's a great place. Tony Miller, the Sports Book, the mobile app standalone book. But the happy hours are off the chart at the chart house. How about that? <laughs> Um, Listen, the the ahi nachos, coconut shrimp, outstanding. Cadillac Cantina, they've got the Cadillac Happy Hours. Hey, you get the uh, homemade chips and salsa for 3 bucks. Great places downtown at the Golden Nugget. Happy Hours from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Nugget. We are thrilled to be joined by our buddy Adam Burke. Kind enough to join us as we were talking baseball. Let's switch it to football, bud. We've been talking uh, the last couple of hours. I'm assuming... I know you got a lot going on, but it's the Hall of Fame game. We know it's going to be awful, and we're going to watch it.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, for one thing, it's a good way to start taking a look at what some of the teams are going to have here during the preseason. And One of the nice things about preseason handicapping is the coaches basically tell you all you need to know. You know, hey, this guy's going to play for a series. You know, we're going to take a look at, so and so, you know, we want to. We haven't been running the football well in practice. We want to make sure that we're really taking a look at establishing the run here in this game. All of these things are betting clues. You know, whether you're looking at a side or total type of play, and also there are some coaches that pay a lot more attention to the preseason, are much better in that kind of format in terms of getting their guys ready for the season. I know Mike Zimmer is a big one with Minnesota, so you can look at a lot of good stuff here and they make some good money in the preseason.
2: How much do you believe? That the extra regular season game, one fewer preseason game, impacts preseason. I am of the belief, starters who don't play much to begin with, I think you throw the dress rehearsal out. I don't think there is such a thing anymore. Maybe for bad teams trying to turn a corner, teams maybe with a quarterback battle. But across the board, I think solid football teams, I don't see a dress rehearsal this year.
1: I think it's a good question. I mean, you know, we also went through last year where we didn't have a preseason at all. And, you know, I think teams were, or coaches, I should say, were kind of able to evaluate, you know, what worked right out of the gate and what didn't work right out of the gate. And how does that apply to this preseason? You know, do do you want the backups to get a lot more reps here with these preseason games? Do you feel like your first teamers started a little bit slow? And if so, do you push them a little bit harder here in the preseason? I certainly wouldn't expect too much of anything in this first round of preseason games, but I would think maybe in that second game, maybe you do kind of see some of these coaches, especially maybe new coaches trying to kind of put a stamp on what they're doing with their teams, kind of maybe get a little bit more aggressive with their first team types of guys. On the other hand, you know, you've got one extra game with some more margin for error this year. So maybe coaches kind of try to use that during the regular season and just not right off week one, but know that they're probably not putting their best foot forward in week one and kind of look towards the big picture as a whole. I don't know. I think it's something where you want to read the uh, press clippings, kind of read what these coaches have to say, and go from there.
3: Adam, we got uh, money coming in on uh, Pittsburgh and the under tonight. I was wondering if you have an opinion on either one of those, or you're you're just watching the game to see how deep uh, Pittsburgh and, and Dallas are this year in the NFL.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because you've got a guy here in Mike McCarthy, who's obviously been around the block a lot in the preseason. Same thing with Mike Tomlin. It makes sense that we're seeing some money coming in on Pittsburgh here because Tomlin in the last three preseasons that they had, nine and three straight up. And of course, in the preseason, the spread very rarely comes into play. You know, usually the team that wins the game is going to cover the spread, especially with a lot of these low, close numbers. So, you know, Tomlin a guy that maybe pays more attention to the preseason than Mike McCarthy will. But, you know, you get a lot of that too, a lot of, uh, you know, trend betting in terms of, like I said, coaches that pay a lot more attention to it as opposed to those that don't. So I think it's almost more of a play on Tomlin taking this game seriously. Uh, You know, obviously the game being held in Canton, Ohio. So, you know, I'm much closer to Pittsburgh than it is to Dallas. So maybe that's part of it too.
2: All right. Let me ask this to elicit your reaction Cleveland had an incredible season last year. Everything's pointing towards another really good season. But we've seen teams in the past. That was great. They look like they're going the right way. And then it stalls out, stagnates a little bit. I mean, I don't necessarily see that. There's tons of talent there. But but is Cleveland, in your estimation, Adam, because you're very, very close to it, and I, I'm you have every reason to be very optimistic. Are you at all reticent, though, about some regression? You've seen it with other teams.
1: I, mean, I think you're always worried about it because I think winning for one season is one thing, but sustaining that level of success is absolutely another. And that's true of any sport, but especially true of the NFL. And the one thing I will say about Cleveland here is – there is a higher level of stability than we've ever seen with this team, at least, you know, as long as I've been alive. I mean, you know, look, Baker Mansfield has the same coaching staff, has the same coordinators, has largely the same offense, the same offensive line, the same skill guys, all of that. They put a lot of their attention and a lot of their focus on the defense, and rightly so. I mean, I think this is a team that went into this offseason and looked at it as saying, we don't need to beat Pittsburgh. We don't need to beat Baltimore. We don't need to beat Cincinnati. We need to beat Kansas City. We need to beat Buffalo. Those are the teams that we need to beat because I think this team wholeheartedly expects to be in the playoffs and probably expects to win this division. And when I look at the AFC North and when I look at what Cleveland brings back, what they brought in, all of that, I think it's very, very much possible that they're able to do it. So I'm reticent because I'm a Cleveland sports fan and I know better than than to get too hopeful. But I think this team is very, very legit and every bit as good as it seems to be.
2: They're all cliche kind of things. You know, the weight of expectations and being the, being the hunted and not the hunter. And, you know, we've seen that over the course of time. The one thing I would say, save starting at Kansas City and maybe no better time to get them. I mean, if you get them out of the gate, the rematch of that wild game. But the early half, let's say the first half, of the schedule seems pretty favorable for Cleveland. And then that division gauntlet in the end of the season looks pretty salty.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think one thing that does benefit Cleveland a little bit here is when, when you kind of go through and you look at some strength of schedule metrics and some of the things that are out there, I mean, look, the Browns finished third in this division. So their extra two games that they picked up against third place teams are going to be easier than what Baltimore has against the second place schedule and then Pittsburgh against the first place schedule. So the Browns don't have nearly the strength of schedule that Pittsburgh and Baltimore do. And that's something I think is really important, whether you're handicapping the futures market, handicapping win totals, whatever the case may be, you've got to look at the schedule. You've got to look and see not only who these teams are playing, but where they're playing. Are they playing long back-to-back trips? You know, all these kinds of things to where, you know, look, maybe you find some compromising situations that kind of point you one way or the other in terms of a season win total or in terms of a future or something like that. But as you said, I mean, look, the, the Browns only play back-to-back road games twice. They go to Minnesota and then Los Angeles back-to-back. That's a really tough one. The other one is Cincinnati and New England. I mean, that's not that big of a problem. I guess they do play Green Bay and, and Pittsburgh late in the year, but I think this is a team that's deep, and I think depth is really important, adding that extra game. So I think the Browns are in really, really good shape here. And, again, having those two third-place games, definitely better than the situations for Baltimore and Pittsburgh.
2: You know, the Chargers were a team. I think you're kind of the same mindset, Stevie, an interesting team. Yes. And I was really high on them. And now all of a sudden I'm getting cold feet a little bit. I mean, I think Herbert's terrific, but it dawns me, you know, He's going to be going on the road now and getting the true NFL road experience when the fans weren't a thing. So it may not be as gravy as it appeared and as easy as he made it look. And then I'm looking at their schedule. He starts at Washington against that defense. They host Dallas. Then they're at Kansas City, play the Raiders, the Browns at home. Then they're at Baltimore. That's a pretty rugged start for the Chargers. And it's funny. You can be high on teams, Adam, but you start to dissect all the things and the hurdles they face. You know, it is constantly trying to put the pieces of a Rubik's Cube together. Who are, Who's a team or two you think is, is dangerous, that's under the radar a little bit?
1: Well, for one thing, just to talk about the Chargers real quickly, I think they're a really interesting team to follow here in the preseason because they're going to be a lot different under Brandon Staley than they were last year under Anthony Lynn. And I think that a lot of people, the consensus opinion, was that Anthony Lynn really held this team back last year? Yep. Brandon Staley is probably a pretty massive upgrade. And you look at their preseason schedule, as you said, I mean, they pretty much have to hit the ground running for the regular season. They play the Rams, they play the 49ers, they play the Seahawks. Three teams that are, you know, pretty proven winners over the last few years, couple of strong defenses there. You know, Seattle in that final dress rehearsal game or whatever you want to call that one there. The Chargers are gonna be an interesting team to follow here, I think, for the preseason. Just to sort of see how aggressively Brandon Staley plays this, to find out what kind of personnel he has. As far as a couple of other teams that are under the radar, I think, I think Philadelphia is very much under the radar. They play one of the weakest schedules in the NFL this season. Jalen Hurts did a lot of good things last year. He knows that it's fully his team now this year. Like that's something that should really benefit them. I like their hire. You know, I like what they did in terms of Kind of keeping things the same, but also changing them with Nick Sirianni. You know, know, all of that Frank Reich mindset and all of that. I think Philadelphia is a really, really interesting team. And what remains a, a pretty weak division. And the other team I'm really interested in taking a look at here is Atlanta. You know, I mean, how does that offense improve with Art Smith? You know, because we know that this is a team that generally has to win with offense. The defense is not great. We know that. I thought Dan Quinn was kind of a square peg in a round hole to a degree. I know they wanted to fix the defense, but you've got to outscore teams if you're Atlanta. I'm really curious to see what they do with a veteran defensive coordinator and Dean Pease. Maybe New Orleans takes a step back with Breeze retiring. I don't think Carolina's very good. You know How much do the Buccaneers push during the regular season is a good question. I think Atlanta's kind of a sneaky, interesting team that... Could at least be in the hunt for that second wild card
3: spot. Back to the Chargers for just a second, Adam. I, I, I think they'll be improved this year. I like Herbert. I think they'll probably be a better team. I do think that Anthony Lynn held them back last year, so they'll be better in that regard. But I think they're in the toughest division in football. Would you agree with that? Is the AFC West the best division in football, or is there another division you think is a little tougher? Oh, boy.
2: You don't like Adam's division? You don't think the AFC North across the board is pretty interesting, that top three.
1: I I tell you what man the NFC West is really feisty. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think any one of those teams in the NFC West is a pushover at, at any point in time this season. I think the NFC West is probably the best maybe the AFC North after that and then I would say AFC West.
3: Okay, so so uh, yeah, I, get, I got you with uh, with NFC West and then and then AFC North and then okay, that makes sense.
2: Football's coming man. We're excited and we're excited Adam Excited for you, bud. And we always appreciate you making time to join us. I know there's a busy time for you, and we'll be tracking you down. Enjoy the Hall of Fame game. Um, 31.5 is the total. I mean, you still got to look under, don't you? Uh, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Especially that second half, I would think. Adam, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Our pal, Adam joining us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget Super Contest Weekend over at the Westgate at the Superbook, August 27th, 28th. Golf tournament on the Saturday, Friday. We'll be doing the shows there. Coming to Vegas, you want to get your meat hooks on a mobile app, the STN Sports mobile app, the convenience of the sportsbook at your fingertips, up to a $500 cashback sign-up bonus with the STN mobile app. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slab Shop. We're taking you to the top of the hour. Scott Farrell will join you on the network. We'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline. Locally, Dennis Bernstein's going to join us.
1: Thing in any
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Grid Radio Network.
2: Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Buddy, always have such a good time doing this with you. Good stuff. Hour number one with Kenny White from the Ratings.com. And this hour, Adam Burke. We appreciate him taking time to join us. And we always appreciate the yeoman's work you do on the injury front with games that are about to be played. Let's recap a couple of them.
3: Some of them are actually being played right now. Brian, we'll start in the NFL real quick. Kenny Galladay, hamstring, he injured it again on Tuesday. He's out two to three weeks, which means he's going to be questionable for week one right now of the regular season. In the NHL, Jonathan Taves with the chronic immune response syndrome. Uh, The Blackhawks uh, general manager uh, Bo- Bowman uh, said he does not have a timetable for Taves at this time. So that tells me Taves will not be ready uh, for the beginning of the season.
2: And all systems go in Chicago. You know, Flurry yesterday uh, introduced himself to the Chicago media and the fans officially, so that's all good to go.
3: His uh, teeth blinded everyone, as as, they normally normally do. Uh, In Major League Baseball for San Francisco, this is going on right now, so I I haven't had a chance to check the lineups. Brandon Belt knee was expected to be activated off of the aisle today and in that lineup against the right-hander, Kelly. Also for San Francisco, Mike Yaskremski, uh, hamstring uh, missed Wednesday's game, uh, was questionable uh, today versus Arizona, and I did not see him. Uh, in the projected lineup, so probably out. For Arizona, Josh Van Meter with a back injury, uh, questionable. Again, did not see him in the projected lineup today versus San Francisco. His teammate, uh, Josh Rojas, with a finger injury, hopes to come off the I.L. for the Diamondbacks this weekend. Who are you asking about with the Giants' belt? uh, Yeah, Brandon Belt. He's in the lineup, All right, playing first base. All right. How about Mike Yaskrebski? Do you see him? No. All right. And then Josh Van Meter for Arizona? Uh, no. All right. Uh, No, he's not. All right. So those guys are all out. And then real quick, Jimmy Nelson with an elbow injury got placed on the 10-day IL, so the Dodgers lose another arm out of the bullpen.
2: Great job. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Hope you follow me at Brian Blessing. And Scott Farrell is coming up top of the hour along the Sports Grid Radio Network Series 204. We'll have Vegas Hockey Helen locally. Do it again tomorrow, folks. Have a great day.
1: Remember that state championship game you played in high school?